You are listening to Cultivating Indigenous Voices, hosted and produced by Tina Andrew. Today's guest is Megan from Mission Garden. My name is Megan Lopez. I'm from the Tana Autumn Nation. I am Tana Autumn, and I come from a village called Newfield. Uh, it's in the Chukukuk district, which borders the edge of the Tana Autumn Nation and also borders with the international boundary with Mexico. I had this wonderful opportunity to learn off the nation and uh, go to some colleges, and um, I've you know, just been doing life. And uh, now I work at the Mission Garden. I am a gardener and cultural outreach liaison. And um, we grow heritage crops. We grow trees that are also heritage and desert adapted. And um, it's an agriculture museum. And well, the Mission Garden has been there for about 12 years. I've been there about five. And I started there as a volunteer, which quickly came into a lot of different roles that I, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So your time there, um, or well, let me backtrack. So when was your first introduction to farming or agriculture or even gardening? Like what is your first intro or memory that you have of that? When I was like four, <laughs> um, I used to be with my grandpa all the time, um, Albert Lopez, but uh, my mom's dad, uh, he had a garden anywhere he went and in, in this particular house in cells he had gardens everywhere around the house just anywhere he could put something he grew and he tasked me with watching the water <laughs> <laughs> he would tell me to watch the water hose and when it you know fills up under a plant then move it and uh, so I would stand there and watch the water. And this is during a time where I had a sense that later on I would learn that we've had many drought policies and things to keep people responsible for water use. But at the time, I was just told we can't turn the water on too high. We have to just keep it trickling. So if you imagine a trickling hose and a <laughs> four-year-old standing there staring at it, like, and then I would. I would pick it up and move it, and mm-hmm. then... Um, I would observe the plants, look at them, notice, you know, grasshoppers and different things that were around the Arikokor and the Hard and the um, the Huin and uh, the Bach. And he had these roses that he babied. And wow. I, he had a little wato for it. He mm-hmm. had Whoa, just these little really? pretty little things for it. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's cool. So beautiful, too. It was, you know, when they are treated so kindly and beautiful you see that expressed in the plants and in in remembering he treated them very very beautifully Um, he had hibiscus too and um, pomegranates and then things you know changed throughout time I always think to when I was a teenager and I was just awful you know (laughs) I went away (laughs) from that kind of thinking where life was simple but I always remember his gardens and the drives to Newfields we would go and visit a a field out there and he was always worried about it being watered enough or um, just checking on is what he said Um, we were just checking on things but old white beat up Ford no air conditioner, <laughs> windows rolled down, hot, <laughs> playing Gaji fiddlers all the oh, time. Yes. And then just these moments where he would check on me because it's a long drive from cells to 
Newfield, so he would check on me like, are you okay? <laughs> he would sh- <laughs> kind of shock me and I'd be looking like, he was just trying to get me to wake up or like be excited or something. So all of these memories um, culminated into not only my passion for this job and the things we do and the things that I get to experience, but just as a person, I learned a lot from him. Always have a sense of humor because that's what he carried the majority of the time with is his humor. (laughs) And that's how he um, met new people and how you can become a new friend with the sense of humor. So I learned a lot. That's sweet. Love those kind of reminiscing stories about our grandparents because Mm -hmm. it was such a different time back then. Yes. Life really was simple. And the way that they lived their lives was just it was just really cool to, you know, the traditional values that they had and what they wanted for us as well. And that you had that as a kid is pretty awesome. Yeah. I grew up in a little mud house. I grew up right next door to them. Just get up and walk over. And they always had something for me to do. Mm-hmm. So it became very uh, taskful that way. Then later on, I grew up, you know, in elementary school on the res. Miss Enos Butt, Verna Enos Butt, um, Danny Lopez Butt, Ron Geronimo still with us. You know, all these people are so, so important to my upbringing. And I didn't know it. (laughs) I didn't know it at the time. But us crossing paths in a way like that is really important. And when you grow up and you start thinking back to people that really brought good memories and teachings are going to keep coming back to you for that reason to keep you going. And I'm just so grateful that I was a part of that path with them in some way. That's really cool to hear of what you didn't know back then, but who your mentors, Mm -hmm. you know. Thank you for sharing that. So what's your educational background? I went to school and um, I got my family studies and human development degree at the U of A. But uh, before that, I was interested in psychology. Like when you leave Babo, you know, they try to get you set up for something. So I initially started with psychology. Then I came back and started working for the tribe under the health department. I worked for HOP. I worked for uh, behavioral health. And that's where I really learned about people connecting and experiences and life for people living on the Tanatum Nation and people living off the nation and how I fit into that um, and how I can be of service and be of support and how to uh, look at things with good eyes, good intentions. And that taught me a lot by working in the people service field and being of services. It's life-changing and it's important. And then I just thought, well, how can I still help at that capacity? But something that I love (laughs) doing and gardening, I I actually started to just volunteer there because my sister needed volunteer hours when she was in high school. Uh And that was my first intro to the Mission Garden was my sister wanted to go there. So she got my dad, myself and my son to go with her. And it was just us there. And Dina was the only staff member at the time alongside another gentleman named Jose and Sean. Mm -hmm. And Dina Cowan, she walked us around. She was so happy that we were there. She was interested in, you know, what we knew and, you know, what we're interested in the garden to do. And just tasks like making sure that everything was clean. Take the weeds out. Um, Let's plant something. Let's put flowers in. Let's put this in. Let's put that in. And it was just... The open skies and the changing seasons and everything in symphony with each other happening 
simultaneously as a season. Just being outside and witnessing the change in temperature and the skies and the clouds and everything was just beautiful. And it took me out of the headspace of like, ah, oh, another U of A class, a, a final due, a project due. And it, it centered and grounded me in a way. And then I saw these other gardens there when she gave us a tour. And I'm like, this is the kind of garden my grandpa kept. And ever since wow. then, I've seen things in the gardens, in the mission garden that's reminiscent of my childhood. So wow. it's like, yes, yes, this is it. This is, <laughs> this is where I can help. Mm -hmm. And then the food came. And then the nourishment came. And then even more rooting into this is, this is the right thing to do and help people at the same time. So it all kind of fell into place. That's amazing that it's something that connects you back to home and, and who you are and it brings back memories of your grandfather. But it's also something now that you are still working with your people, still working with Autum in the communities um, and, and pretty much as people from all walks of life, I'm sure. I, I feel like that Mission Garden has also been a space where folks from all walks of life have come to share their cultural foods and, and discussions. So that's amazing that you were able to find a, a place and a job that you, you really feel connected with. Yes. I think you might have touched on this already. But I'll ask anyway, mm -hmm. as an Autumn Adi, uh, what do you remember about Autumn Himatak, way of life mm. that has kept you grounded as an adult today? Oh, Mrs. Enos's class in kindergarten. I would not be here without that, the guidance and the care of Miss Enos Butt, because she taught me how to spell my name. <laughs> she taught me how to write my name, and I couldn't have gotten through life without that, you know? And then everything else followed. She celebrated every day in the class that we were awesome. Aww. I might get teary-eyed. <laughs> but uh, she sang. She, um, she got excited. She got her whole body into it. <laughs> and that is pure joy. And to be happy to be there with us, because it's not easy working with kids. I can attest to that. And the joy of life, no matter what happens, she brought that. Oh, Verna. I know. She's here with us. Yeah, because <laughs> I think she, um, she's proud of us. She yeah. made us see our potential. And it's really about that crossing paths and um, taking the right direction and... I think that's all our grandparents want for us. You are now listening to Cultivating Indigenous Voices, featuring Megan Lopez, hosted and produced by Tina Andrew. Uh, she was she was my kindergarten teacher, and she um, she taught us so much just to be happy we're autumn. She would tell us that you know, be proud to be autumn, and you know we're gonna go outside and we're gonna sing and we're gonna play instruments and. And if you want to bring your own instruments, uh, this is a, um, a clear memory because I remember talking to my, grand my, my parents, even in kindergarten. And mm -hmm. she goes, we're going to play instruments. So if you have instruments, bring them. Or if you want to make your own instruments, bring them and we'll use them. So I went home and I told them what she said. And they just kind of looked at each other. And they're like, we don't have any kind of uh, <laughs> money for instruments like that. So uh, my dad, I think it was, cleaned out a, a Kool-Aid can. 
and made a drum out of the Kool-Aid can, decorated <laughs> it, and Aww. then I brought it in, and that was, we were tapping on the Kool-Aid can, it was one of those long ones, <laughs> <laughs> and that was creativity at its best and its purest, and we were having a good time. We were we were really excited to be there. You know, that was the essence of being a kid and Adi and learning and being out in the world in a sense because you're under your parents' wing for a little while or your family's wing and then you go to preschool and then you go to kindergarten and then boom, you start to be a part of the grand scheme of school. And uh, mm-hmm. she was definitely the start to that grand scheme and I was just I'm so glad I had the opportunity to be in her class and learn autumn and to carry that as an adult. Thank you so much for sharing about her and talking about her because it's been some time since she's passed and it's good that the impressions that she had on people uh, and that you have that kind of memory. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome <laughs> and amazing and I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So in your position now at Mission Garden, uh, what are you currently working on? Well, we got a lot of programs that um, we're kicking off or that we're keeping steady. Um, Our most recent uh, program is called Tasting History, and it really speaks to the educational value and the history value and the tasting that is so unique. All of it is the strength of the community because all of these crops are either heritage or desert adapted, they've been here for hundreds of years or thousands of years. And we get this grand opportunity to have people from all over the world or locally who have never tried these things or love these things and have their own way of cooking are just interested in what we're doing. And um, and so Tasting History is, is really an embodiment of why Mission Garden is there, as well as Tatana Autumn Ag Day or Agriculture Day that happens every third Saturday. It started off as a collaboration with AHO CSA, Sterling Johnson, and his team of interns and young mm-hmm. farmers. They're just wonderful people that come out and uh, had started coming out um, to just talk about dryland farming, what they're growing, what they're doing in AHO, and what they see um, as farmers and gardeners and people who like to do this kind of work. You're always at the at the whims of the seasons. You're always at, um, always looking for these things. You're an observer for the rest of your life of what's happening and how will it be for the season and just kind of keeping things, I guess, on an observation scale to see if your plants are capable or if you're going to need more help or, you know. And so Sterling gets to talk, was talking about a lot of that at the beginning and then they would bring tastings, they bring seeds, they still continue to do this work. Um, it's just updated recently with our support uh, from AHO CSA. Uh, we have Deandra Porter, who's fantastic. She's awesome. I just enjoy working with her so much. She brings so much of um, the value and um, the essence of autumn agriculture and um, the planting and the soil and everything that we're learning or understanding or just experimenting. You know, it's quite beautiful but we also talk about the the history there you know we are gifted with um an early agriculture garden at the mission garden and we have seeds there uh, growing in there that are close to to the original wild tepary wild bow wild corn the mama of all corn is teosinte 
And so the grandchildren and all the varieties of corn that were, are to follow mm-hmm. into the present day started with this one little seed, one, one little grass. And just through human interaction, selection, we're able to grow these varieties of corn, these cultivated crops that they look so beautiful. I mean, they're so beautiful and intricate corn cobs that are purple and white and red and, you know, <laughs> yes. and, and almost crystally colored. And uh, just, and ch- uh, chapalote is one of those corn that is old and ancient, but it's beautiful. And people don't know that. People mm-hmm. are relearning all of this. Um, we have 60-day corn and uh, wild tobacco, wild chili, wild gourds, wild kushaw squash. Just the essence of the desert is there. And um, we go by the season. So we get to talk about the autumn calendar mm-hmm. and um, share that with the visitors and people that are um, interested in autumn agriculture. But we're also you know, working with kids and getting them to recognize, you know, what the seeds are and when to plant and, and uh, how deep to put them in and, you know, just just finding a, a passion through the youth. That's one of the other big uh, missions we have in the Autumn Ag Day programming, archaeology, which is something else Mission Garden does, is has a platform of talking about archaeology in a sense of education and um, knowing that we are on a site where archaeology was done and that it no longer is being done and why it should be respected in the perspective of the autumn because these are our ancestors' remains, are the ancestors' uh, belongings that are still in the dirt. It's about six feet down, I believe. So we're not allowed to dig a certain depth. Uh, so we build up. We yeah. add the soils and wow. we add amendments so that mm-hmm. we don't go deep, we go up. And it really helps. It makes a big a world of difference to mm-hmm. know your soils and to know your mulch. And mm-hmm. um, yes. it's endearing, I should say, to mm-hmm. to educate people on why the thaw and the autumn respect the land and why it needs to be taken care of and why you should leave artifacts alone mm-hmm. or why you should leave your, I guess, your earth alone. Because <laughs> it's, it's housing and holding on to stories of people that aren't here anymore, but we're still here. The descendants of mm-hmm. the Hogum yes. are still here. And it's um, something people are still learning. I have come to understand. Therein lies the work. It just means we are bridges to the gaps in our own history, our own histories, our own um, path that we walk is ours to keep and ours to talk about. And I'm grateful that I have a voice to speak because um, what I've learned also is that we're voicing for the plants themselves. It's um, incredibly important to me and it weighs on me to think if they're demolishing all the hajan or if they're taking out certain native plants because a median needs to go there or a parking lot needs to go there, you know, then we should be advocating for our native relatives, our our native plant relatives. Um, These plants have lived a really long time. (laughs) Yes. Wow, that's so cool to hear. And and that you have the opportunity to learn about those types of plants that maybe you've always known or heard and also learning from other cultures, other folks from different backgrounds and how they use it and the importance 
it has been for them and that you have that kind of uh, mentorship from other folks and actually get to get hands on with it and gain some knowledge and experience and have opportunities to talk about it just like now. Yes, yes. I learned how to like um, how to be excited about it and then kind of like also be an observer. Um, wh- one of the cool things about this coming Agave Heritage Festival is uh, we're going to have the Wallapai Nation come and do oh, wow. their traditional method of agave roasting. So really? that's going to happen at Mission Garden too and and um, it's going to be the first time, but it's an important time. And we, again, Mission Garden does that. It has this ability to bring people together from all walks of life, whether they've been to Mission Garden once or they had never been there before in their lives, but read something somewhere and just wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, we get all kinds of people with all kinds of experiences and it's just so nice because you you ask a question and you might get the answer you're looking for, but you might get something totally off track, but you <laughs> learned something and you walk away with something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the essence of coming together like that and being together and sharing with one another is one, it's food, and two, it's knowledge and it's community. That is beautiful. Wow. Amazing information <laughs> and, you know cultural exchange and experiences that you're sharing. Um, So for anyone who is maybe thought about it or interested in starting to plant something or even have a little garden for themselves, uh, any tips for anyone interested in starting a garden this spring? I was thinking about this question and I wanted to say, Come and see us at the Mission Garden. <laughs> and I also wanted to say, go see Santa Vera Co-op, too, and go see, you know, your your local um, native plant growers. Um, visit your neighbors who have gardens in their yards. Uh, you know, that connection, that community um, collaboration, that communication is so, so important and beautiful when you want to start a garden. And um, the other thing I would suggest is because we live in the desert, I would um, start learning about where your water goes when it rains, ah. um, especially right now, because it's it's been like that. Yeah. It's been so wet lately. <laughs> it's really good to see where the puddles collect and then prepare for it to go to where you want it to go. Like if you want, you know, put it where the water source is, <laughs> one. Put it where the water source is, and if you got something that you want to grow, but you don't know if it will, the soil will support um, the life in it. Is just think or look at it and say, is anything growing at all? Is it supporting any life, even if it's a weed? Because um, that is a good sign. Is if anything can grow there, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just some um, one thing that Jesus told me when we first started working together is, you know, you're going to kill a lot of plants. And that (laughs) is a lesson. Mm -hmm. And you have to in order to get past it and keep going because it's going to happen. And you have to be okay with that, your successes and your failures. (laughs) And (laughs) that, it, it really resonated with life in general and then gardening because um, I know a lot of people just don't want to try because they don't they can't deal with losing a plant and killing it and they're like oh, I'm not good at it or you know I have that in my own family people will say oh, I'm not good at growing anything I just kill it well 
yeah, but, you know, you got to try again. You know, we <laughs> yeah. don't have all these seeds just because one person, or maybe we did. But, <laughs> you know, we have so much seeds to work with. That's why the plants give us so much is because mm-hmm. we got to try and keep trying. And one of them's got to take. Um, and, and that's what it is to be a gardener. So, you know, watch where your water goes. See if your soil is okay to, to house anything, any life. And if it's not, you know, um, research what you need. And then asking gardeners that you know, or if you don't know any gardeners, come and see us at the Mission Garden. There's tons of happy gardeners, enthusiastic people, um, people that just get to the answer and, you know, let you on your way. And then some people that want to know all the details about what are you going to plant and what, you know, what part of the of the house are you on and, and what part do you want it on and it's like all these different things that really do matter and that should be encouraged and uh you know community gardens they're everywhere and if you can't find one come and see us you know or come go and see Santa Fe Co-op and they have volunteer opportunities be friends with an indigenous gardener you know yes <laughs> that right there uh-huh. <laughs> awesome well you know as we wrap up the interview do you have any last thoughts comments or shout outs that you want to share I have tons of shout outs <laughs> take it away I just want to share also that I'm so happy that I had this chance to meet you and um, that I got to know a little bit more about the success of, of the radio station, the podcasting, and that the Thonautham community, the the generation that we're in currently, I'm talking about mine and yours, we're doing great, you know, with all the things, we're beating the odds with all the things that have come our way and the way that, you know, life is going <laughs> or the world is going you know, we're beating the odds and that's fantastic. So I'm really happy to to see you and to know that you're doing wonderful. And, you know, I also want to thank the Thanatham Nation communities, uh, Santa Verde District, uh, the co-op, cultural uh, resources, Himdaki, Thanatham Community College, the Healthy Autumn Promotion Program, Ajo CSA, Giselle Ramon Saberon, Pasco Yaki Nation, Amelia Garcia, who's a basket weaver and a friend of the garden. She's such a wonderful visitor and a friend, and she's a basket weaver who still keeps the tradition going and is a teacher. So thank you so much for coming and staying with us. And um, Rick Manuel, the the band, man, he's he's been bringing the band and playing music for us, and that's exactly what the garden needs is uh, Rick and uh, music. And uh, he's also um, an artist. He's somebody who makes um, metal jewelry. UOMA Culture Center Museum, the Yaki Senior uh, Center, uh, the Boys and Girls Club of the Yaki Nation, Angela Montiel, Tucson Chinese Culture Center, Faye and Nancy Tom, Susie Wong, Jackson Van Cleesen, the African American Museum of Southwest uh, Arizona, the Dunbar Community, uh, Beverly Randigia, Floyd Gray, Dr. Michael Ings and Cindy Ings, Stephanie Daniels, Kim Steverson, and the Oro House, as well as the Ishkashita Refugee Network, Josefina Lazarga, Jesus Garcia and Dina Cowan, the whole Mission Garden Board, and countless volunteers who come once in their life or come all the time and our ongoing supporters of the Mission Garden. Shout out to you all. Thank you so much for your support and your love. 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Reagan, for taking the time to come here and to be with us here at KXCI. Thank you so much for having me, man. This is awesome. You are listening to Cultivating Indigenous Voices, featuring Megan Lopez from Mission Garden, hosted and produced by Tina Andrew. To hear more episodes, go to kxci.org.